Hey, film fans. I'm Jackie Lynn here with Dave Demris for the next episode of our new show, Dollar Theater. By now, you may know that we like the bad movies, but we thought it was time to start talking about some good movies, too. Speaking of, we watched 21 Jump Street from 2012, starring Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill. It has a 7.2 on IMDb and an 85% on Rotten Tomatoes. Lots of reviews are indicating that this is a fan favorite. So we'll get started shortly and let you know what we think. Corey Burton is our guest tonight. He's from Detroit, Michigan and a graduate of Central Michigan University. Fire up, Chips. Corey currently works in student housing at Purdue University in Indiana. And look out, he is one serious movie fan. His favorite genres include comedy, action, and animated films. He's also a big collector of comic books. Rock on. Corey, welcome to the show. Thank you all for having me. It's an honor to be here tonight. Awesome. We're, we're glad to have you. Okay, Dave, let's kick this off. 21 Jump Street. What do you think? I'm so glad to be covering this movie. This was from 2012, which wasn't a big year for comedies. There was a lot of sequels like American Reunion. Um, but the two big comedies from that year were Ted and this 21 Jump Street. Um, and this is kind of like a reverse Cobra Kai in that it's a movie based on an, a comedy movie based on an 80s drama series, whereas Cobra Kai is a comedy TV series based on an 80s drama movie. So this is based on the TV series that went from 87 to 91 with Johnny Depp and Richard Grieco, which was pretty much, I didn't watch it religiously, but it was kind of a straight drama. There was maybe some comedic elements, but not like for all intents and purposes, a comedy. And this was, this movie was hysterical. I love it. it everything about it's funny. Um, watched it three times this week to prepare for this show and I wasn't bored once. I don't think I hit maybe a little, little pause action on the third, the third viewing just to, to see where I'm at and make, make sure I have enough time, but nothing, nothing about this was painful at all. You have the, the two leads, uh, Jonah Hill. This was an interesting time in his career. This was sandwiched between Moneyball and the Wolf of wall street. So it was kind of at a time for him when he was transitioning out of the Judd Apatow comedy corner and for Channing Tatum, this was kind of his first foray into the comedic scene. His movies had been like G.I. Joe or Fighting, the Step Up movies. So he, he was kind of billed as this like good looking macho guy, potential action star. But he also showed in this that he had some pretty heavy comedic chops. So everything about this movie for me worked really well. Uh, Corey, glad to have you on. What uh, what works about this for you? 21 Jump Street. Um it, it it fell on the side of a based on a TV show where it was good. Um, we have our uh, a long line of movies based on TV shows that have been hit or miss um, for every Mission Impossible or Brady Bunch or Adam's Family. You get a uh, Starsky and Hutch or a Wild Wild West or a Last Airbender. Um, and so when Twenty One Jump Street was announced, it was a fear that it was not going to be a good movie um and surprisingly it turned out to be one of the best um tv um best movies based on a tv show that we've gotten um like we said um i remember watching 21 jump street uh, on fox um because my mom really liked it and it was nothing comedic about it um it was serious of 
young looking people portraying high school to solve crimes and for that premise to be taken seriously to have it come out in 2012 in a way modern artists are going to look at it and be like, yep, that doesn't make any sense. And so for them to acknowledge that is uh, and make it a comedy um, was a really creative spin um, to do. Yeah, I agree. And one of the things I like about this movie the most is its self-awareness. We have a scene, we have a scene in the movie with Nick Offerman is one scene where he plays Deputy Hardy. <laughs> he, actually, he actually says in this scene uh, that we're reviving an undercover project from the 80s and revamping it to modern times. And he goes, the guys in charge of this stuff, the guys in charge of this stuff lack creativity and are completely out of ideas. So all they do now is recycle old shit from the past and expect <laughs> us not to notice. So I, I like the, the self-awareness of this movie in 22 Jump Street. They are just they kind of pour it on even heavier, the self-awareness. But I like the subtlety in this one. Uh, Jackie, what what about this movie works for you? One thing I really like about this movie is it's it's a story of an unlikely friendship. It's buddy cops and it's high school redemption. And it's full of these cheeky winks and nods that, like you were saying, tells you it's pretty recycled material and not the most original idea. But then again, they made it original and they made it funny. This is a really entertaining movie. I don't feel like it tries too hard either. It doesn't take itself seriously and it's well-written enough to be hilarious and come across naturally. Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill just really do a good job of kind of making it look effortless. Right. I agree. And their chemistry is so good. And we see that from the opening scene where they open up with a flashback from their high school days and it's Jonah Hill Schmidt character. He's trying to ask a girl out to the prom and she's kind of like trying to softly reject him. And then uh, Channing Tatum's Jenko character, character, he says to her, she says, there's not a nice way to put this. And he goes, yeah, there's not a no nice way to put this. You're a fucking nerd. And she's, <laughs> I don't know. She's hot. Look at her. She's hot. Look at her. And he just keeps saying that. Um, yeah, their chemistry is, is really good in this. And this was actually written. The screenplay was written by Michael Bacall, who also wrote scott pilgrim versus the world which we covered a couple weeks ago i didn't and, know that and one of the things i find similar to that movie and this movie is the supporting casts are really strong in both films including this one so in addition to uh, jonah hill and channing tatum we have excellent side performances from brie larson dakota johnson dave franco nick offerman ice cube is hilarious i think he had more to do in 22 jump street but i still like him in this one um trying to think who, who did i miss um um this cast is stacked um you, like ellie kemper rob riggle um you mentioned dakota johnson who i didn't even know was in the movie until i looked at it again um but this cast is fully stacked with jake johnson um it's lots of people who were semi-famous then who are who have blown up since yeah i agree jackie anybody in the cast for you stand out other than the two leads you know this is where I first got to know Brie Larson. Okay. I think Scott Pilgrim came out before this. Scott Pilgrim was two years before. It was uh, 2010. Okay. I don't know why, but Brie Larson stood out more in my memory in this movie more than she did in Scott Pilgrim. Maybe, uh, maybe her character is just that different or she looks a little different. But this is what I remember Brie Larson from originally. 
and it was it was fun watching her she has a small role in it but it was a it was a good one and like you said a lot of strong supporting cast here and I like her in anything I see yeah and I didn't I wasn't really aware of her until she won best actress for room in 2015 and then you you go back and you, you check out all these movies again and you're like oh wow she had a small part in Don John or she was in The Spectacular Now which is another movie I like or she was in Rampart which was a Woody Harrelson uh dirty cop drama which was I also really good. I believe she was good. a sister in Trainwreck as well. Yeah yeah so she she definitely was in a lot of things and like her parts aged well because she was in so many things and then when she won Best Actress and now she's heavily engrossed in the MCU so that a lot of she had a lot of small roles early in her career, which aged tremendously well. Uh, Corey, was there anyone like supporting for you that really stood out in this movie? This was the first movie that I was aware of Dave Franco. Okay, one didn't know James Franco had a brother. Um, <laughs> but when you see him, you're like, this guy looks familiar. Like I've seen him somewhere, and at the end, like, oh, the name. Um, but this is the first movie I remember seeing him in, and just being really impressed with. Um, his performance and his take on um, a high school student now compared to what typical high school students in media were before. Um, but he was, yeah, he was just very unique. And I really, um, I really caught me off guard in a good way, but I really was um, really enjoyed his performance throughout. Yeah. And him and Jonah Hill together in a high school setting is kind of a, a throwback to Superbad, where, which both of them were in. That's right. Yeah. And I, I, his his comedic timing is really good. I like when he whether it's just him sensing urgency about a drug deal or him talking about like subtleties about climate change importance. <laughs> it's he was he was really funny in this movie. And yeah, I, I like him in comedies. He's really good at Neighbors, um, Warm Bodies. He had a small part in. He was he was really good in that. So yeah, anytime he's he's in your movie, even if it's in a supporting role, it, it's it's for the better. All right, and on that note, we're going to take a break and we'll come back and talk about our favorite scenes. All right, we're back. So favorite scene, I've got a mixture here. Some of these are actual scenes and then some of these are just things that happen in the movie that I thought were funny. So the first one I have here is Schmidt and Jenko entering Jump Street. And it was, they're in this kind of abandoned church and they show up in their cop uniforms and then Ice Cube, he he enters as Captain Dixon, and he's like, he's just. This is part of the self awareness of the movie. He comes in, he goes, "I know what you're thinking, angry black captain." He's like, "Well, guess what, motherfuckers, I'm black, and I worked my ass off to be captain, and sometimes I get angry, so suck a dick." <laughs> <laughs> and he he just comes in batting a thousand. I thought he was really funny in this movie. Uh, Corey, what'd you think of the the, the scene of their emergence onto Jump Street? I, I love that scene because if as a fan of like 80s and 90s films um, or, or old TV shows, um, you think about like um, buddy cops, there's a lot of like the angry black um, boss who's who's yelling at them or throwing stuff. And so the fact that you took that and you took an, a rapper slash actor um, such as Ice Cube to um, to play that role, uh, which is funny because they also play NWA at some point later in the movie. <laughs> um, but nothing about Ice Cube tends to be warm and cuddly. So to have him be um, that character um, was great. Yeah, and I like... He, he goes on to call out uh, Tatum and Hill. He looks at Hill. He looks at Tatum. He says, look at this guy right here. <laughs> handsome, but he's, but he's probably a dummy. And then he <laughs> looks at Hill. He's like, this guy's short and insecure, but he's probably good with money. 
And it's like these funny one-liners. A lot of them seem like they were improvised a little bit, like a lot of this movie did. But I I enjoyed this scene. Uh, Jackie, any thoughts on, on this scene? Yeah, that was a fun start off to the the official 21 Jump Street segue. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I agree with you guys. Ice Cube was perfect in that role. And he set the tone. No, no bullshit here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jackie, you have a scene you like? Yes. Uh, gosh, which one to pick? I like when they uh, officially, they became cops officially. You know, they, they've worked so hard together <laughs> to be cops. They've gone through the academy. They finally have a gig. And they're like, get ready for a lifetime of beating badass motherfuckers, you know. <laughs> and then they're in a park helping a family get a Frisbee out of the water. And they're telling a kid not to feed the ducks. <laughs> that scene reminded me, uh, there used to be a show on USA called Pacific Blue um, yeah. about cops on bikes. And so when that scene pops up as they graduate, like, oh, they're about to go and patrol the streets and they're on bike patrol, it clearly made me think about about that show. Shout, shout out Pacific Blue. That was like uh, <laughs> Saturday afternoons on USA. I, I caught myself watching that one. Yeah, good uh, good reference there, Corey. I like the, the Frisbee scene. Channing Tatum, he, they, <laughs> he gets the Frisbee and he's like, go get your own fucking Frisbee. And he <laughs> throws it across the lake. Yeah, re- really good scene, which ends with them... Uh, they're doing the speech, the high speed chase on their bikes uh, against the one percenters and they're, they're riding really slow and all this, this act, they play the action music and then they, they juxtapose that with how slow they're actually riding their bikes. Yeah. <laughs> Just really, really funny scene. I, I enjoyed that one. Uh, Corey, do you have a, a scene you liked in this movie? Um, yeah, it's, it's so many, um, but sure. I will go with the scene where Schmidt and Jenko, um, arrive at the high school and there's a whole conversation about one strap or two straps with a backpack and like how one strap <laughs> yeah. is more cool and then they get there and everybody's wearing two straps and then in regards to how um, Channing Tatum is kind of like blowing off school and like you know learning is, is for dummies and you know the fact that the students were about the environment and then when uh, they punch the one kid and it's like you know they you know they, they're using like you know, slurs, and they're like, did you punch it because I'm Black uh, and, or gay? And, like, just that <laughs> whole thing, I liked it because looking at, like, a 90s or 2000s, like, teen show or comedy, there's a lot of stereotypes that go into who are jocks and what do students care about or not care about. And this movie flips it where we have students who are like, yeah, they might be slackers, but they care about the environment or they care about identities and they're protective of that. So I found that to be really funny as it threw... Um, Schmidt and Jinko off of like what is a was a high school student now because it's been years since they had been in high school so I really enjoyed um, that dynamic and the evolution of what a high school student is and how they're supposed to act. I took away from that the the you mentioned the one strap two strap scene and I remember in high school I was more self conscious of that like I was like wow the cool the cool kids have the the one strap going and then I just graduated college five years ago I went back later. And so I was wearing a backpack in my thirties and now I'm, I, I was very conscious that I was, I was, I didn't give two shits. I was like, why am I, why would I possibly wear this with one strap? This just, is just giving myself extra work. There's two straps here. I don't have to think about, am I going to lose my stuff? So now as like an adult man, yeah, the one strap, two strap scene kind of resonated with me a little bit. Uh, Jackie, what would you think of this scene? I love how the tables turned 
for these two characters. It was so, so funny just to see them turned completely upside down. And obviously to more to Schmidt's advantage and Janko's disadvantage relatively, but they adapted to a natural fit for themselves. And that made it more interesting instead of playing into the stereotypes that we had seen previously, which by the way, I have to mention that whole uh, Eminem slim shady look that uh, Jonah Hill was rocking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> While the real slim shady prior high school days. Yeah. That made me laugh so hard because I remember those times. Yes. I was in high school at that time that. and watching people take on that look. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it was so funny. And you know what? Um, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit to an internet fact, but I was reading that he made that choice for his character because that's actually what he did in high school oh, oh wow <laughs> that was like a true channel for him so extra funny all right <laughs> um another well i guess this this just counts as a thing that happened in the movie that i thought was funny the scene shortly after they get into jump street and they're for some reason they're, they get the cars and they're jumping over the cars <laughs> I thought I thought this scene was really fun. It was brief, but it was funny. We see Janko, he jumps and he, he kind of flops into the windshield and he's trying to act like he's not hurt. But as soon as uh, Hill's not looking, he, he winces a little bit. And then <laughs> Schmidt tries to do the same thing and he just screams by the windshield and he goes, I think I shit my pants. This is just something brief that happened in the movie and I just, I thought it was funny. Corey, you, any thoughts on that one? Yeah, that, that was good. There was all, a lot of a lot of scenes of jumping over cars. And once again, <laughs> in previous things, we, it looks easy. Um, and so to show that, like, no, it's not, or um, the landing is not going to be perfect, or you can seriously injure yourself, um, I, I like they took the moment to acknowledge that. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, it's a funny scene, funny scene in this movie. Uh, Jackie, do you have another scene you liked? I... Okay, so I'm going to call it the nerds. I love the little nerd gang. Okay. They are such a fun group of characters. They're hacking into phones. They get to meet secretly in the chemistry lab. I think they were maybe playing D&D or something. Uh, and they have this awesome secret handshake where they're like, kneel before Zod. And they have a <laughs> password and a lightsaber handshake and and sound effects and when they go to prom doves fly out of the limo <laughs> it's awesome and i love how channing tatum embraces them and befriends them yeah <laughs> they were a fun group of guys to watch and it's funny the box the box he has the box that says doves that comes out of it and those doves were actually step on the internet stuff a little bit they were cgi but Allegedly, they had real doves on set, but they used the CGI doves for some reason. Don't. Oh, I think this was also the scene where Jonah Hill returns to his audition and he just busts out with this fantastic <laughs> Peter Pan. They had to shoot that scene at night. Okay. And with the real doves, the doves had fallen asleep because they naturally sleep at night. So they were not allowed to wake up the doves because that would be like animal abuse oh okay. so wow. they they had the real doves ready to go but they were asleep so they had to leave them aside so they had the cg and the doves okay yeah you don't wow. want Peter. you don't want Peter calling you so no. 
Well, well, I wanted to add too, based on the the the, the science nerd um, part. Even when at, they're at the prom and there's that scene where you see underneath the bathroom stall, and you're like, "Oh my gosh!" Or like, are they like are they making out? Is something what's going on? And it's the fact that like they're doing all the the infiltration work that's there, and like the the ladies that are there like rooting them on. So I just found that to be um, pretty funny. Yeah, great scene. Good good catch, Jackie. Um, another scene that I have written down here is I call it phases and this is where um schmidt and janko do the uh what's what's the name of the drug hfs, HFS. for holy holy fucking shit i i haven't been able to buy this on the market yet you know <laughs> <laughs> but maybe one day but the phases were funny and the phase one is the gigs when they just start giggling and, and they're talking to rob riggle's character the the, the track coach and then the phase two is tripping major ball sack. And they, they sit, they're talking to Rob Riggle and his eyebrows become a mustache. And then his head becomes a cat. And he's, Django starts blowing on him. And Rob Riggle is so funny on this. Like, don't blow on me, son. And then his, his head turns into an ice cream cone. And then they both start t- sticking their tongues out. And he weirdly, like, places Jonah Hill's tongue back in his mouth. But um, he, he goes... Uh, Channing Tatum had his tongue out too, and he's like, "Oh, I kind of like that." <laughs> what? <laughs> really weird. Rob Riggle. It seemed like a lot of the things he was doing in this movie were improv as well, uh, but he, I thought he was really funny. Uh, Corey, what'd you think of this scene? I mean, the, the ice cream cone part is still like, what was the thought process with that selection um, <laughs> as it was melting? Um, but no, it's I'm a big Rob Riggle fan, so like just his playing off of. Uh, Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill was hilarious. And then we see, we, we see, we go through the phases a little bit more. Phase three was over falsity of confidence and uh, Janko Channing Tatum's character. He's, he's like vigorously writing on the board. And then we in science class and we see what's on the board and it's just a bunch of fours. <laughs> and he, and he just goes, he's like, fuck you science. And, <laughs> and then uh, phase four was fuck. Yeah. Motherfucker. And Janko breaks into the music class and he just yells, fuck you, Miles Davis, for some reason. <laughs> and he punches the guy's drum. He ju- he jumps through the, uh, what's the the Simba? Is that what it's, the, the whatever the hell it's called, sorry. I'm, like a gong? Yeah, the gong, yeah. Don't don't want music Twitter coming after me. Um, but yeah, really funny scene. Jackie, any thoughts on this one? Act. And that that was great. Yeah. <laughs> and I also I'm picking up what you guys were saying earlier about the teachers just not caring at all about <laughs> these students. And um, the the coach is like, are you guys on drugs? <laughs> nah. OK, you're just kidding. You guys are goofballs. <laughs> hey, see you at the track meet soon. Yeah, you look like you are a perfect candidate for our track team. <laughs> and he wasn't because he proceeded to run and like throw the baton at the end and just mess everybody up <laughs> I also like the fact before that when they first and take they take the drugs before they go it, it, everything kicks in as they're in the bathroom and they're trying to like vomit up the, oh. the drugs and oh, right. Tanner walks by and just looks um, at them um, so once again on? staff here no one asks questions it's just more of like these students are here we're just we're just we're just here to get paid and that's not ask questions. <laughs> <laughs> this is one questionable school. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, another scene I have written down here, I have it noted as preparing for the party. 
And I kind of started to think about Superbad, how that movie was mainly about Jonah Hill running into challenges, trying to get alcohol for a party. And in this scene, they're saying to each other, they're obviously grown men, like, how are we going to get alcohol? And Channing Tatum's like, I don't have a fake ID. And then they just start laughing. And then the next scene is just them coming out of the liquor store with like hundreds of dollars worth of stuff, like multiple kegs. And then Jonah Hill is like, how are we going to get drugs for the party? He's like, oh, no. And then they laugh again and they come back. They raid the evidence room at the police station. He's like, a pound of Coke? He's like, we don't want to ruin these kids' lives. And he's like, a pound of marijuana? And they're just like, best party ever. And then they put the they put the weed in like a punch bowl. I thought this was funny scene and it wasn't until the third watch that i made the comparison with super bad it was like okay this is kind of like the opposite i kind of thought in um to make like an mcu parallel how in loki they took the infinity stones which were like this massive storyline that had so much with it and then they made them paperweights so it kind of took like a really big situation and made it small and the way trying to get alcohol was such a big deal in super bad kind of took it and made it like into in the essence of insignificantness. Uh, Jackie, what'd you, what'd you think of the scene? The party scene was great. And I have to talk about the parents house about how they have all these childhood pictures of Jonah Hill <laughs> hanging on the wall. And he's like, I look like Fred Savage from the wonder years. And he's got this little, this little cherub face. And, and clearly he's, he's not clothed. And that was a real picture from his parents' house. Like yep. several of those were his real childhood photos. <laughs> he's like, does it look like I'm wearing underwear in this picture? No. You know why? Because I told a therapist about it like 8,000 times. <laughs> and there's like fourth grade participation medals. And, you know, I think this house is, is really classic and watching them return to this house and their interaction with the parents is really really funny and then they they kick the parents out by buying them this little spa package i think then they throw a blowout party <laughs> which is funny That's because they like bad. the parents know he's the pol- he's part of the police and they're, they're like i think they know they're undercover so it's found it really funny that they like got them out of the house and then when they come back to the house and everybody's running out including them and so i just found it really funny that they reverted back to which we see in the movie like reverted back to and we live in their high school days but i i really enjoyed that scene too yeah great scene um another one i have here i think i have i think i have two more but do either of you have any i can go um one involves a character of phyllis who i believe is the neighbor this is one of mine. Um, and so when when Jonah mm. Hill comes back home and like like she stops by and then like <laughs> brush her off, but then when they go to the mall and they're in the shoe store and he's with um, Dave Franco and like she shows up, he's like, "I hear you're on this like you're undercover." And is it that? Is it them? And like she's making a big <laughs> scene, so he's like like you know shutting her lips and then he just pushes her into the, all the shoes and saying that she was being inappropriate with him. And I just always found it to be. Um, super hilarious to me. Yeah, he goes. He's like, she keeps talking, and he goes, he goes, shut your fucking mouth. Like, <laughs> I will straight up punch you in the face. And then he he shoves her into the shoes. It's and like he goes, this she, elderly she, lady. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's not like a soft shove. He like launches her like WWE style, and, just, and then he he's like, she tried to grab my dick. <laughs> 
thought this was a hilarious scene. Jackie, what what'd you think of that scene? You know, I didn't know what else he was going to do in that situation on my first watch of this. And he had to save face around um, Dave Frankel. <laughs> yeah. So he made it work and it was hilarious too. <laughs> great, great scene. Yeah, just a testament to Jonah Hill's like comedic timing. Just any, any, a lot of people couldn't pull this off, but like beating up an old lady, it was just hilarious. And that was just uh, a credit to his, his talent there. I did have one more and it was when they were um, the chase scene on like the freeway and all the false expectations of explosions. So there was various scenes where you thought (laughs) an explosion was going to happen and it didn't. Um, And and then it took like the chicken truck was the thing that exploded. Um, And so I found that was very funny too. Yeah, that was definitely a funny scene. And I I think that kind of tied in with the self-awareness a little bit. Like, they're they're waiting for an explosion but the explosion just never happens and this happened they they run this joke several times but it never got old it was just really funny every time you you thought there would be an explosion and there wasn't uh jackie what'd you think of the the shootout chasing i love when they're um they're just taking apart that action movie trope and you're right it doesn't get old (laughs) definitely not um the last one i have written down here was the johnny depp cameo at the end of the movie so yes mm-hmm. so we have at the end of the movie johnny depp and peter deluise both yes. show up in this movie both for in the series as officer tom hansen and officer penhall respectively and i depp was in this um this is an, according to the internet i'll just step on it now he said he he agreed to be in this movie as long as his character was killed so he never had to come back and play this this role again. Oh, okay. That could be bullshit, but you know, we just we repeat the things we we find on the internet here. So that was a, a caveat for him being in this. And um, so when he's revealed to be in the DEA, DeRay Davis's character, who was one of the one percenters, says he's like, "You played saxophone at my sister's wedding," and he's like, "Tough titty, I fucked her too." <laughs> <And then> he, <laughs> <laughs> He's compl- he's complaining to uh, Schmidt and Janko about having to wear a fake nose for X amount of time, and Jonah Hill's just like, you know, there, there's worse things in the world. He's just, like, really complaining about wearing a fake nose, and he's like, he's talking about the things he had to do for to be in this undercover with the one percenters, and he's like, we had to get fucking tattoos on our dicks, and Peter DeLuise's character is like, yeah, we were actually just messing with you about that but it, it looks really tough. <laughs> and then he subsequently gets, both of them get killed. They, he gets shot through the throat, kind of violent for this movie, but I, th- I thought it, he died in a, a comedic way as, as funny as one can die. Corey, what'd you think of uh, Johnny Depp in this? You know, when go, before this movie came out, I was like, I wonder would he be in this movie? Because when you get, make a movie based on a TV show, a lot of times they'll try to get people who are you know still living um, to, to be in there. And, Knowing that at this time Johnny Depp was on the Pirates um, high, I would have never thought he would want to come back to this role. And so that scene in the theater really surprised me and Pierre Deloise to come back and Holly Robertson Pete earlier in the movie yep. who gave them the car. Um, right. So to be able to get the people back, the original cast was great, but was really surprised when they killed them off they, the way they did in such a brutal way. Definitely. I, uh, it was, it was brutal, but hilarious. So, which is tough to pull off. Jackie, what'd you think of uh, Johnny Depp showing up in this movie? That was really funny. And I'm on the same page with you guys. I was wondering if Johnny Depp was going to show up in this. Cause I had always heard about him being in 21 jump street. 
I'm going to step on my internet facts here a little bit because it's related. But in another cut, Jonah Hill was responsible for shooting Johnny yep. Depp Road. I read that. Yep. That so was... I thought that was interesting. I'm glad they didn't take that road. I'm, I am I guess they would have made it funny, but. Ooh, yeah. Right. I'm sure they could have done it in a way that was that was comedic, but probably for the best that they didn't put that on his shoulders. Indeed. And then also, apparently, if I'm getting this right, I think Johnny Depp's character is like eating in every scene. Peanut butter. Peanut butter. Eating yeah. peanut butter. <laughs> so random. That's so random. And you don't notice that until you go back and watch it again. Yes. That now, like the second or third time I was like looking for the peanut butter and I'm like, yeah, sure enough. He he was eating peanut butter in every scene. And I don't know if that was by design. Or he was just—it's Johnny Depp. He's on your set and he's eating peanut butter. Okay, sure, we'll 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 roll with it. <laughs> All right, so I think that's it on scenes, right? Yep, I'm dead. All right, so we'll go according to the internet. All right, so I like to start these with the casting almost, and the first one I I saw was kind of kind of fun. Uh, Emma Stone was originally. Uh, cast to be the Brie Larson part in this movie. And then she had to drop out due to scheduling conflicts with the amazing Spider-Man. I don't necessarily think this role is better, worse, kind of about the same. I, it probably would, I mean, it definitely would have worked. Emma Stone and Jonah Hill had the same uh, chemistry from Superbad. And then later on the TV show Maniac, Um, I thought that they work really well together, but I I liked Brie Larson. I don't think this is necessarily an upgrade or a downgrade. Jackie, what'd you, what did you think of Emma Stone in this? I'm in agreement with you. I think Emma Stone, she likes to take up a lot of the screen. Yeah. She's, she's a really strong actress. She really likes a lot of the attention. So maybe I feel like she would have drawn away from a little bit of the naiveness of that character for Molly. So um, I still, I think I still would have enjoyed her. Maybe she could have dialed up or dialed down um, her acting for that. But yeah, I, I really like Brie Larson in this role, like I said earlier. And uh, yeah, but no conflicts with Emma Stone. She's sure. cool. Corey? Yeah, I actually would have thought she would have been good in the role that Dakota Johnson played. Like, once again, I didn't realize that was Dakota Johnson. <laughs> I rewatched it. Um, this is before Fifty Shades and a variety of different things that she had done. Um, but I think in those, when she was in those, that, those scenes, she was really funny and really good. So if there was like a cameo that Emma Stone wanted to do, I think that she would have been good in that role. But I really did like Brie Larson um, in her role as Molly. Yeah, so we're all we're all in agreement there. Uh, the other one, the only the other casting almost that I have here, uh, it doesn't say much about this, and it, this could be total bullshit. But J.K. Simmons was offered the role allegedly of Chief Hardy, which ultimately went to Nick Offerman, and it just said had to drop out. Same same deal with Emma Stone had to drop out due to scheduling conflicts. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know if this is true, but I, I think Nick Offerman, J.K. Simmons, and this role kind of off, offer the the same energy. And I don't same same deal with Emma Stone. I don't think we're necessarily upgrading or downgrading by having J.K. Simmons or Nick Offerman. Uh, Jackie, thoughts on this one? Uh, yeah, I'm at the same page there. J.K. Simmons um, has kind of a nice, intimidating look and that good good stare with his eyes. <laughs> you you take him seriously, but. When I saw Nick Offerman, I I was laughing because I'm like, oh, it's Ron Swanson <laughs> from Parks and Rec. 
yeah that that made me laugh seeing him in that role so but no no conflicts with jk simmons um either one could have worked but i'm happy with how it worked out yeah same anything any thoughts on that Corey? no i i i like nick offering i think it matches with the tone that the rest of the cast is giving the rest of the faculty um pretty like uh i don't know if i want to be here type of um type of vibe but i really did like him in this role sure I've got one since we're talking about casting. Okay. Um, apparently, Channing Tatum originally passed on the movie twice before Jonah Hill convinced him to take the role. Right, and this had been so that was one that was one of mine too. So I'm down to one. That's <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> but yeah, and yeah, I I was looking at his IMDb. The only comedic role that I had seen him in was he was Amanda Bynes' boyfriend. And she's the man. And he was kind of a supporting role in that. So he hadn't really done a lot of comedy. The, the things he had done before this were Step Up, the movie Fighting. Uh, he, I think he was in G.I. Joe shortly before this. So he had never really taken on like a huge comedic comedic role. And then you're you're asked to do a comedy movie with Jonah Hill. This is the guy from Superbad. Um, this is the guy forgetting Sarah Marshall. He was in that Judd Apatow world of comedy legends so i could see where he'd be a little intimidated but he was excellent in this part so i'm glad he jonah hill ultimately got him to uh sign on for this role Corey, do you have a internet thing maybe um, you could steal mine <laughs> <laughs> um one thing that i looked up was the um one of the um composers in the um the movie was um mark mothersbaugh um, who is known to be a composer, one of the members of Devo. Um, okay. So the song Wicked, yes. and the, the 80s classic. Yep. But um, also was a composer on the show Rugrats. Um, okay. So I, I know his name um, and look, from the credits. And when I watched the credits again, I'm like, oh, the Rugrats guy. Um, but he was <laughs> the one that um, composed this, um, the music throughout the movie. Um, and another thing that came up was um, I knew that Lord and Miller were involved, but this was their first live action movie that they that they produced. Um, and then they went on to do, obviously, like the Lego movies and um, involved with Spider-Verse. Um, and so it's funny to see that he, the humor that we know from those movies to see it in in, in this film. Definitely. Uh, wow. good, good catch there. I, do, I vaguely re- am doing the internet research. I did see something about Devo there and uh, I'm, gl- I'm glad you, you followed up on it as I did not. So good, good catch there. Same here. Um, the last one I have here was um, something about a late line dubbing. So we have Chris Parnell as, as the, the drama teacher. And he says one of the lines in his movie, he says that he was doing cocaine with Willie Nelson's horse. This line was actually changed because originally the line was, I was doing coke with Whitney Houston's niece. And this was short. They had filmed this and then she died Mm. tragically. Mm -hmm. So, and this, they ran this with test audiences and the test audiences were like, wow, that's offensive because this just happened. So maybe it's something that could have worked later down the line, but it's like too soon guy. So they, they went in here, they changed the line. They had to make it sound like, and then this was something I watched. I checked for on like the third rewatch. So they dubbed it. They had to make it something with like a similar tone to where if you see his lips moving, 
it doesn't look unnatural. So they went with Willie Nelson's horse as opposed to Whitney Houston's niece. And if you look at it, you could see the audio doesn't necessarily match up with his lips a little bit because that was dubbed in. Oh. Yeah, they didn't reshoot the scene. It was dubbed in later. So just a fun little internet thing that I, it's not, it's real. You can go back and watch the scene. So any thoughts of that from either of you? They're Whitney Houston fans, either of you, that would have been I, angry at that? I love Whitney Houston. And I had to think about when you said that, I was putting the time together. Like, wow, that was about a time frame when she passed away. Um, and so, yeah, that would have been a... Um, really assistive time for especially a lot of her fans um and so i didn't even notice that the line that the line was was off and so i had to check that out again i remember an episode of south it made me think of an episode of south park where satan was having a birthday party and this was where uh just right after steve Irwin died so St- satan's having the birthday party in hell and steve Irwin comes into the birthday party with a stingray coming out of his chest and, oh, Satan's, wow. and Satan goes, Satan's like, yeah, he just died. So it's, it's too soon. You got to leave. And <laughs> oh, my oh, my God. He actually gets kicked out of the birthday party because it's, it's not appropriate because it's too soon. And in this instance, I think it was probably not appropriate because it, it was way, way too soon. So, yeah, um, that's it for me on Internet things. Did either of you have any more? I had a fun little fact sure. from a technical standpoint. They um, shut down an actual freeway to film the car chasing scene. It's kind of unique because, you know, they'll shut down streets. They'll they'll shut down a couple blocks, you know, for filming, but shutting down a whole highway. Right. I believe they did this in New Orleans. Okay. Yeah, it was in Louisiana. So, yeah, in Louisiana. So... Um, I thought that was kind of a unique thing. Dave, do you, did you write down what the budget was for this? Yeah, you uh, usually pay attention to that. I do. Uh, yeah, the budget of this was $42 million and it grossed 201. So oh, wow. Very. Wow. wow. That's, that's why I got a sequel. Very high return on investment. Yes. Well, shutting yeah. down that highway, I, I was reading it. It cost a good chunk of the budget. Okay. That sounds, sounds about right. Yeah. I think it was worth it. Yeah, definitely. It worked well. All right, so sixth man of the movie, and just for our listeners again, in case I came up with this title because I'm a I'm a basketball guy, but just for anyone who doesn't watch basketball, the sixth man or woman, which it could be, is somebody who's not a star of the movie. So Channing Tatum or Jonah Hill do not qualify for this. This is someone who is in a supporting role, who has a really uh, – big impact on the movie that maybe the movie isn't as good without them. So there were, for me, there were a lot of candidates for this. You could have went, um, could have went Dave Franco. You could have went uh, Brie Larson. I thought both of them were really good in this. I thought um, Ice Cube was obviously funny in this. I didn't go Ice Cube because I thought he was a lot funnier in 22 Jump Street. So if we did, we do 22 Jump Street somewhere down the line. Um, spoiler, my six man would, would be Ice Cube in that one. Um, but I went, with Rob Riggle on this one. I just thought he was so funny in this role. And just just the scene where he puts both their tongues back in their mouths and the <laughs> scene where he's uh, Jonah Hill is doing the baton race and he, he's all fucked up on HFS and he's chasing him around. He's like, no, oh, don't don't throw the baton. And Jonah Hill's right. He puts <laughs> makes the baton look like a dick. And uh, Rob Riggle tries to grab it from him. And they're just la- and you can see Rob Riggle laugh in that scene. So it seemed like a lot of this was improv. And then there's a scene right before the shootout. He's talking about how he uh, he recruited Dave Franco 
And he's like, he just randomly says, he's like, great penis that guy has, huh? Just, just. (laughs) (laughs) So he was just so, he's just so funny. And um, I watched some behind the scenes stuff and they had interviews with Channing Tatum, Brie Larson, uh, Jonah Hill. And it seems like everybody really enjoys working with him because he's just, he's always joking on the set. And he he seems like he's a really funny guy to be around. And I went Rob Riggle on this because he was just great. Uh, Jackie, where'd you go? That's a great nomination there. I chose Dave Franco. Okay. I call, I call him Baby Franco because <laughs> <laughs> I'm so used to seeing um, James Franco and everything. And then I just kind of stumbled ap- across Dave Franco. And he's really fun to watch. He's this crunchy, popular kid character. Uh, wow, he's a drug dealer too. <laughs> um, you know, and it's funny because you don't know how to read his character. Is he going to turn you in? Is he going to be your best friend? And obviously he develops some level of trust there. But I enjoy him in everything I see him in. He, I'm not sure what age he was actually in this film but he does a really good job playing a teenager i see him so frequently in those teenage roles and comparing him to james franco who played a teenager in other roles where he was clearly over (laughs) the age of a teenager i like seeing that closeness and in legitimate age and i think he pulls it off really well definitely can't argue with that pick Corey, six man or woman for you I'm gonna um, agree with Jackie and okay. Jay Franco was my was my sixth man. Um, I agree with everything that Jackie has shared. I really like the character in regards to like going back to previous movies about high schools. Um, normally, like that type of character would be like a jerk, and you really wouldn't care about them, and you want them to be taken down. And in this case, he was making some some poor decisions, but you kind of cared about like he was there was some charisma to him yeah. um, that was there. And you know, the fact that he kind of he cared about the environment and he was like challenging them right? on certain things. <laughs> and even with the fact that near the end, when you find out that, you know, Rod Riggle's a supplier and the future plans that he has, he's like, he's trying to get into college. And so knowing that, like, I kind of felt bad because I'm like, well, you're probably going to jail at the end of this. But, you know, he had created a friendship with these guys. Um, and so it, it, it flipped that on its head. And so I really um, found it to be like, I couldn't read him for a bit, but he was very charismatic in the role. He was very funny in the role. He was super chill. He was super chill. Yeah. And working on a college campus, there's a quite a, a lot of students who remind me of, a Jay Franco. And so I, th- knowing that this was one of the first movies I was aware of him, um, I thought that this was like a breakout for, for him. So he's my pick. All right. No, I like it. So you two went nice. Dave Franco. I went Rob Riggle. That'll make uh, for an easy Instagram poll during the week. All right. <laughs> All right. So next category MVP of the movie. Um, for me, I don't know if either of you got fancy, but I did not. This was kind of just a two horse race for me. And so you, you're kind of choosing, do you want to go Jonah Hill, Channing Tatum? That's where I landed. I don't know how you went, but I went Channing Tatum just because we had seen Jonah Hill in previous comedies. So we know, we knew that he was capable of this going in, but Channing Tatum, as you had alluded to Jackie originally had turned down this role because he was kind of intimidated or scared of being not familiar with, with comedy. And I thought he killed this role. He was really funny in this. And just given his lack of experience with comedy and just the fact that he owned this part, um, I'd give him the MVP of this movie. 
Jackie. Wow, that's a really convincing argument, Dave. Because okay. I was also trying to choose between uh, Jonah Hill and Ta- Channing Tatum. I didn't choose Channing Tatum because I, I didn't feel like he was acting a ton. I know this wasn't his regular um, genre that he that we normally see him in, but I still kind of keep him at the, the the dancing movie level. Okay, you know, Mike, and and you know he's a pretty boy, and you know I didn't really feel like there was a lot to write home about, but. At the same time, I love him in this role. He's great. He's hilarious. Jonah Hill hit home for me. Um, he seems to be a guy who's not necessarily trying to be funny, but he is. He's really um, unassuming. And I've seen him in serious roles. So I know he can act. And I, I've seen him in comedic roles. But he appears to do his roles effortlessly. And he's he's kind of an everyman, but he's got something unique. So I I really enjoyed him in in this film. He was really entertaining to watch, and and I I love the dynamic that he has with Channing Tatum. I think they made a great team. But MVP wise, Jonah Hill. All right. So I guess Corey, unless you got fancy, you'll be the the deciding vote here. Um, so this time I'm going to agree with Dave and go with um, Channing Tatum as my MVP. Um, I remember Channing Tatum way back in the movie Coach Carter with Samuel Jackson. He was one of the basketball players, but he, he was a background player in that movie. And then I remember Step Up and seeing him in that movie, Mm -hmm. um, and and, or even She's a Man and just knowing that he Mm -hmm. was kind of, um, typecast and like some of these like high school movies is kind of a jock or um, he was very talented as as a dancer which we then later saw in the Magic Mike movies Um, but this was a change for him like this to do a comedy um, I didn't know what to expect I um, and he made it seem to me more effortlessly in regards to falling into that into that role and um, I was really surprised when I saw it back in 2012 um, and to then this was kind of the start of his you know tenure in doing some comedies so like 22 jump street this is the end yeah. the lego movie as superman um even this year um in free guy um yep. it's been when he pops up in things i'm he, um really delighted in that and and seeing that he's able to um you know do comedy but also is able to do drama and to do um action films and so for for me this was like one of his breakout performances you had mentioned his his ability to do comedy and drama. I just want to shout out real quick him in the hateful eight when he showed up at the end of that movie. I forgot about that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's building that. Yeah. And he was, it was a Tarantino film, but he was funny in it and he was also kind of vicious. I just, that's right. That was a really good role for him too. All right. So Corey and I went Tatum. Jackie Wine Hill, that'll be you guys. We're making the we're making the Instagram. We're making this poll. All right. I want to see how this turns out. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So trivia, Jackie, you or I first. Oh, go ahead, Dave. All right. Um, so we have uh, a lot of the the cast in this movie are have a lot of TV credits. So I'm gonna give you some TV arcs here, and one of them is fake. So I'm gonna say this person was in this show and some of them are real. One of them is fake. I'll direct this question to Corey first. And both of you get the choices. And you can tell me which one of these is fake. So, Corey, Dave Franco 
had an arc on Scrubs. Brie Larson had an arc on Community. Nick Offerman had an arc on Fargo. Jake Johnson had an arc in Parks and Rec. Rob Riggle had an arc on Modern Family. Dakota Johnson was on an episode of The Office. And Chris Parnell had an arc on 30 Rock. All of those, except for one, are real, which is fake. Unless unless it happened during season one, which is a season that not a lot of people like or watch, um, I'm going to go with Jake Johnson on Parks and Recreation. Okay. Jackie? I was kind of leaning towards Rob on Modern Family, but I feel like that's a funny role that he could fit into well. Um, okay. I'm, I'm going to say Jake on Parks and Rec as, as well, because I watched a lot of that. Wow. Okay. Both, good job, guys. Both of you got it. Yeah, that was Jake. <gasps> Yay! Yeah. Wow, this is two weeks in a row. I had to change... <laughs> I had to change my Nick Offerman, Jackie, because for the listeners, I sent Jackie, I, I was going to say Nick Offerman on 24, but I had sent that. I didn't realize, Corey, did you watch 24? I was off and on. Okay. All right. But yeah, in season two, Nick Offerman was on three episodes of 24 and we looked and he looks completely different. Wow. But I, I, had, I had sent that. I was like, because yeah, Jackie watches 24. I was like, Jackie, right, did you right. know Nick Offerman was in 24? And uh, so I, I had to change it. He was thankfully he was also in uh, season two of Fargo, Ooh, so Dave. easy easy switch there. <laughs> All right, great job, guys. Jackie. Good question, Dave. Thank you. <laughs> okay, my question is kind of similar, but has to do with film. Which movie is Jonah Hill not in? Okay. Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Django. Pineapple Express, The Lego Movie, or How to Train Your Dragon? Corey, I'll throw to you first. Ooh, that's a <laughs> that's some good choices there. Um, I am gonna go with Pineapple Express. Okay. Yeah, I think I'm certain. I'm like ninety nine point one percent certain. I'm rocking with Corey there that it's also Pineapple Express. Yes, you guys are correct. Okay. All right. Yeah, I don't remember him in that. I, I don't remember him in that movie. So, and I know he did a lot of voice work. So, uh, yeah. And the Lego movie was actually had the same directors as this movie. The, um, the, 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 the I have it. Phil Lord and Christopher Miller also directed the the Lego movie. So right. same same directors working with Jonah Hill. I believe Channing Tatum was a voice on that as well. So the the gang was kind of all back together for the Lego movie, which is a blind spot of mine. Either you seen that. What, the Lego movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've okay. seen both. Um, okay. I, I yeah. think Lego movie is probably one of the best films that came out of the 2010s. Um, a surprise. You would think a movie about toys. Like, I was, I went into it thinking it was going to be not great at all and was pleasantly surprised and really emotionally invested. All right. So this is a blind spot I need to, uh, I need to, quote, unquote, put on the list, but uh, fast track it. Up, and it's a, yeah, that, it's, it's, it's a movie that it's a movie that started Chris Pratt as a voice actor, and now <laughs> we see in all the various whether well, it's Mario or Garfield, Lego <laughs> movie is where it started for him. All right, cool. All right, good good origin there. Um, Corey, what is something good you watched this week? 
Ooh, since since we're on the the holiday the break, I've been able to check out a few things. Um, one is um, Spider Man No Way Home. So okay. I've I've seen it twice so far in theaters. Um, the combination of the previous two Spider Man films. Um, the less said, the better for people who haven't seen it yet. It's a great film. Um, there was um, tears of excitement, tears of sadness. Um, just lots of emotions that are there, great action, great character development, um, and in a year where the MCU films um, have kind of been up and down a bit, um, it's for me, like The Eternals was an okay film. This was one that was really, um, was a great way to wrap up the, the, um, the year. Um, I've also watched The Matrix Resurrections um, on HBO Max, and um, overall, I enjoyed it. Um, I don't know if I said I loved it, um, but I, I definitely didn't hate it. I know social media is like either you loved it or you didn't. It's bad. Um, I thought it was a, I thought for what it was, I, I enjoyed it. I liked being able to see Keanu and Carrie Ann um, be back together. Um, and, and it's a very interesting take on um, intellectual property, which is very interesting because Spider-Man and Space Jam also did that this year in some ways. Um, so that's been very interesting to, um, but I know, like I said, I know a very divisive movie right now, but overall I thought it was an enjoyable action film. Um, and so that's me for, for, for movies um, and for TV, um, keeping in the MCU realm, Hawkeye. Um, I did finish sure. watching um, Hawkeye. The season finale was um, recently and really enjoyed. It was a very fun um, MCU film and kind of like a, the diehard of the MCU in regards to action. Um, really loved the connection between um, Jeremy Renner um, and Hallie Seinfeld as um, Clint and, and, and Kate Bishop. Um, we got some cool cameos in there, some inclusion of characters we didn't think we were going to get. And so I thought it was um, it was really well done. Um, and then two more things for me on the HBO tip. Um, one was the series finale of Insecure that wrapped up on Sunday, okay. um, which was a really good into a five season run. Yeah. Um, and then the um, season finale of Curb Your Enthusiasm, um, which has been a wild season. Um, and so um, Larry David uh, continually amazes me with how much he puts into a show, especially after it's been on for 11 seasons. Two things, Corey. During, when you were talking about The Matrix, I, I had said it was bad. I wasn't referring to the movie. I was referring to the internet reaction. And it, oh, yeah. It, it's just, it, it's it's rough. It's, yeah, it's either this is the greatest thing ever or this is the biggest piece of shit ever put out into the world. And I, I'm going to see it. I haven't seen it yet, so I, I can't uh, weigh in. But I just want to clarify that I was, um, I was talking about the internet reaction, not the movie. Gotcha. And um, Corey, yes or no, is this the best season of Curb Your Enthusiasm? You know, I came into this, this to the show late. So the first, like, probably maybe like six seasons I've seen um, sp spotty episodes. Okay. Um, and so um, over the last few that I have seen, yes, I think this one was um, this one was the best in regards to the overall story, um, the mini stories. The, the cameos they got for this season. Um, the Woody Harrelson episode is probably like my favorite um, uh, that I watched this season. Um, yeah. But no, I thought this was, I don't know where it can go from here, but um, it was, it was top notch. Yeah. Just the, the cameos, just the people they're able to get like Kelly Cuoco is an episode. Vince Vaughn is a recurring character. Now Josh Gad in the one episode was really funny. So yeah, I'm, I'm really surprised. And this show is still operating at such a high level. So anybody who doesn't watch Curb Your Enthusiasm, cough, Jackie. Um, it's, it's right there on uh, 
HBO. <laughs> it's right there it's on, on the list, Dave. It's on the list. <laughs> All right. Well, Jackie, what'd you watch this week since I know oh, it wasn't Curb? Before I start talking about that, I have questions for Corey. Okay. Um, since you are a comic book fan as well um, with Hawkeye, I'm curious, maybe you can jump in on the conversation in our Facebook group. Um, I have some questions about the villain um, that shows up at in the last um, episode of Hawkeye. I don't gotcha. necessarily want to want to spoil that at this point for everybody, but I'm going to tag you in a conversation because I need to do some follow up, especially <laughs> if you're on the comic book um, jam there. So sounds good. Can do. All right. Nice. All right, cool. Speaking of uh, comic book stuff, I watched Venom: Let There Be Carnage. Yes. On Christmas Eve, that was nice. watched the best movie, movie from 2006 to come out in 2021. <laughs> that was fantastic. Excellent. Oh my I gosh! Love this. I mean, could there not be a more violent title? <laughs> and, and you know, there's this brain-eating alien character. It's so <laughs> funny. I don't know how that works out. But Venom is absolutely hilarious. I was laughing so much. This is going to be my new uh, go-to feel-good movie when I need a laugh. And I love Tom Hardy in this. I didn't realize, or at least I didn't remember, that he does the voice for Venom. Yes. As well as his role in the film. So it's really like he's talking to himself. Yep. (laughs) So I think that makes it even more funny. Apparently, he takes it very seriously. Yeah. It comes, it comes through. So I buy the act. The CG is fine with this. And I just eat it up with a spoon. It was great. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, lo- I loved it. It was really, I, I know that also got some some negative reviews, but I thought, it, I thought it was excellent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was it was really good. And the end credit scene, you haven't seen Spider-Man yet, but obviously I, the, the mid credit scene in Venom sets up a nice little tee up for Spider-Man. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I thought, yeah, really good. I, I enjoyed that movie. So good, good watch there. Good watch. And I also watch, I've been watching The Witcher. That's okay. what I'm keeping up with. Okay. And it's really funny because I, how I describe it is it's like Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones had a baby. So that's an interesting combination, but, I, and, you know, I couldn't commit to Game of Thrones, unfortunately. I only got into a couple seasons. Really? It, okay. it just was not for me. Okay. Um, but, you know, maybe the more Lord of the Rings aspect, maybe the elves and this or okay. something, the the magical stuff. Um, maybe it's Henry Cavill. What can I say? <laughs> sure. <laughs> so this show does get a little raw at times, but... Outside of that, I'm really enjoying the second season. Um, feel like I need some cliff notes uh, <laughs> to get through it. There's a lot of complexity and relationships and characters that pop up. But luckily, uh, my husband, Derek, is a great guide. He played the video games and um, he's enjoying it. So he's a good translator for me. All right, cool. <laughs> and I have a question. How far are you into How many episodes is the season? Oh, I want to say it's eight episodes okay. and, and i think we have maybe one left oh wow okay wow. So through it. nice we we realized that we needed to um crank through it a little faster because um spacing out the episodes too much was getting a little confusing okay so got it there yeah i watched season one and so i just have to start watching season two okay okay i 
I saw season one and I remember nothing because I was like, I was like over two years ago. Yeah. That was like right? des- December or November, 2019. Yeah. And so then we got this season. So I would, hopefully they put, I'm, I'm guessing because it's Netflix, they put a nice little recap at the beginning. So I, everything would, because I have no intention of rewatching season one. Mm-mm. So I would, I would just need a, I would just need a quick recap to jar my memory there. It was easy to jump back in. It All was- right. All right, so I'll go double. T- I'll go double TV this week. Um, I, I'm watching the show on HBO called Landscapers. I don't know if either of you mm. have heard of this. This is with Olivia Coleman and David Thewlis. Mm. Um, it's based on a true story. I, I think a couple of people in the movie group have talked about it a little bit, and it's based on a true story about a husband and wife who may or may not have killed the wife's parents 15 years prior and then are caught because the bodies are discovered buried in their their backyard. Ooh. And Olivia Coleman, who's just one of my favorite actors, she played Queen Elizabeth uh, in The Crown for two seasons, and she was also in The Favorite, and David Thewlis, who's been in a bunch of things. Um, the last thing I remember him was in season three of Fargo, just a phenomenal actor, and this is a very British show. Um, and these two you'll watch this show and you'll the performances are so electric from the two leads but the these people are the most incompetent criminals ever it's just it's it's very british and it's dry humor and i i love it it's only four episodes so i've watched the first three and i believe the fourth premiered last night so I'll, i'll get to that um maybe this week or next but it's really good if you're looking for something quick uh, the episodes are about 50 minutes each, and there's four of them. And it's based on the true story of uh, these g- people's names, Susan and Christopher Edwards, who are still true in prison. True story. Wow. Yeah, they're still, Yikes. Yeah, still in prison for these murders. Um, I I can't really explain the... I can't. I don't think I could do justice to like the circumstances of these killings and the evidence <laughs> that, that is presented and just the way they interact with the police and the, the cinematography in the show is, is, is really good. So um, mm-hmm. two great actors. And, you know, I know Jackie, you, you like British things and I don't know if that's, yes. I don't know, Corey, if that's something you're, but I, I really like like British shows and this is the Britishest of British. <laughs> so there's, very good show, I recommend. And also, I've been powering through a rewatch of Cobra Kai because yeah. the new season premieres on Friday. I don't so think I'm going to. I think I will be simultaneously doing a rewatch while the new season is going on. I'll, I'll work out the uh, the schematics of that. But Ooh. yeah, because I'm not going to not watch the, the, the new season like immediately. So I, I can't wait for. Yeah, I'm like 20. I started a couple weeks ago and I'm like 25. So I got like five episodes left on the rewatch. Um, and yeah, this, I've seen every trailer multiple times for season four and it's, I'm, I'm really excited. Corey, Cobra Kai, are, are you in? I, it's on my list. I've only seen, I think the first four episodes of season one, okay. I mean, I'm on the internet a lot, so I'm aware of what's going on, but no, it's on my list of, of shows to, to jump back in. Um, I know they're like half an hour episodes, so, um, yeah. I'm, I'm going to jump back in. I'm, I'm late to the game, but, um, for 2022 it's on the top of my list. Excellent. And Jackie, I know you're a Cobra Kai person. Uh, You excited excited for the new season? I am so psyched. I can't wait. This perfect timing. Great way to kick off the new year. I'm ready. So we're getting that. And about 9.22 and about six hours Eastern time, we'll have a new Star Wars show. The Book of Boba Fett. That's right. I was going to say. 
So Anybody watching Boba Fett soon? I, I don't know if I'll be up at three, but <laughs> I, I, I resent Disney so much for doing that because every other service, Netflix, Apple, they put their shit out at midnight. Midnight, yeah. right? So, so I was like Friday nights in the summer. I was like, all right, Ted Lasso's on. Cool. Even the, sh- the shrink next door, I was watching that at midnight because I wanted to see what happened. I, with WandaVision, I was, for some reason, I don't know, because that was such a great show and I needed to see it right away. I was setting my alarm. And then I tried to do the same thing with Hawkeye. And I don't know if this is subconsciously, maybe the show just doesn't pop off as much, but I like Hawkeye. I just like WandaVision better. Um, I think twice I tried to set my alarm for 3 a.m. for Hawkeye. And I was like, now nah, I'll, I'll get it later. So but I might I see. We'll see if I'm up at 3 a.m. for for Boba Fett. But it'll definitely be a. I'll definitely have it by noon tomorrow. That's that's a safe bet. All right, cool. Good recommendations, everybody. Um, Corey, where can people follow you? Sure, you can follow me on Instagram um, at ckevinb84, and you can also follow me on Twitter um, at ckb84. Excellent, Jackie. You can follow me on Instagram at JackieLynn99.5. And you can follow me at DDEM2000. That's both my Instagram and Twitter. We have an Instagram for this show. It's at Dollar Theater Pod. You can also follow the Twitter and Instagram for our other show, Was It That Bad? That's at Was It That Bad Pod. If you want to talk about this movie, any movie, any show with myself, Corey, Jackie, Hundreds of other good people. You can join the movie and television talk Facebook group. Just type that into a group search. We are the red cover photo. Jackie, what are we doing next two weeks? So next week on Was It That Bad? We are going to cover Miami Vice. Yes. Excited about that. All right. And in two weeks on Dollar Theater, we're going to cover Con Air. Yes, very excited. That, that was one. just on TV. I just watched it again. That's, that's a goodie. Conair? Yes, Conair is a goodie. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. It's a fun one. You can't go wrong. Cage, Malkovich, uh, Young Chappelle. So, yeah, really, uh, I'm looking forward to bo- Well, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to Conair. I've never seen Miami Vice, so the, uh, the jury is still out. So we'll see. Corey, have you seen Miami Vice? I have not. Okay, so I'll, I'll let you know. I'll let you know what I think. <laughs> but yeah, looking forward to both of those. And uh, yeah, this was this was a great talk. Corey, thank you for joining us tonight. It was really good to talk, good to, talk to you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate this. You got it. Uh, Jackie, pleasure as always. Thanks so much, Corey, Dave. Great talking to you. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll see you next week. Yeah.